Thanks for joining us today on Mormon Land, where we explore news in and about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm managing editor Dave Noyce. I oversee the Salt Lake Tribune's faith coverage. I'm joined again by senior religion reporter Peggy Fletcher Stack. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Dave. We remind our listeners about another way to support Mormon Land. Just go to patreon.com, where with a small donation, you can access transcripts to our podcast and our complete newsletter. Again, that's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Mormon land. Now for today's show. The polygamy of Mormonism's second prophet president, Brigham Young, is well known. Until the late 1990s, however, many members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints had no idea that church founder Joseph Smith had taken dozens of women as his plural wives. Unlike with his first wife, Emma Smith, he didn't live with the women and how intimate he was with them remains in dispute among historians. Scholar Todd Compton was among the first to fully document Smith's wives in his 1997 book, In Sacred Loneliness, The Plural Wives of Joseph Smith. Now he comes out with a second book that includes includes many of the documents he mined to get a better understanding of the first Mormon's marital relations. Todd Compton joins us via Zoom from Santa Clara, California, to discuss his work about Joseph Smith and these women, how he pursued his research, and how he arrived at his conclusions. Todd, welcome. Good to be here. We're glad to have you here. So how did you come to write your first book, In Sacred Loneliness? Okay. Um, I, I told this story at, you know, at length in a, a book called um, Writing Mormon History, and um, by, edited by Joe Geisner. And... Um, that, that'll give you a little background on the second book when we get to it also. But, you know, briefly then, I um, got a fellowship to work at the Huntington Library in, um, in around the area of Pasadena, California, when I was living down in, in um, the L.A. area. And um, so I was planning on editing the diaries of Eliza R. Snow. And I started reading them. And it, you know, it was thrilling just to go in there, you know, go to the reading room. And they gave me the actual diary that Eliza R. Snow wrote in when she was crossing the plains. You know, she would be writing in this around the fire at night, you know, talking about buffaloes. And and um, so anyway, it was exciting to just read that. But I, you know, I made a transcription of her diary. And so then I wanted to annotate it and explain the diary. And one of the things I felt really need, needed explanation were um, her friends. And so she had a lot of very close women friends. One famous one is Patty Sessions, um, who's also in my book. And um, But a lot of these women, she would mention just by their last names, like Sister Buell. You know, and so that was my challenge to find out who Sister Buell was. And often these women had married two or three times because the husband either died or they separated for some reason. And and so I had to, you know, to get a good identification of these women, I kind of had to get their life history. And um and then things just, you know, totally um went crazy from there on, you know, I, mm-hmm. I got obsessed with this. Uh, first I had to figure out who, you know, I, I felt like 
like I really needed to know who the plural wives of Joseph Smith were, because I knew she was a sister wife with these women, and um, and uh, they would be in her diary. And so I couldn't find a good scholarly list of Joseph Smith's wives. And so I began creating my own list, and uh, I had these little biographies, and I began adding to them. And um, then I found some of the diaries and memoirs they'd written, and they were really wonderful um, documents, you know, very moving, you know, very interesting, you know. And so I got involved with them emotionally. And then um, I, I, my background was in ancient Greek and Latin, but I just went in a totally different direction. And um, mm got fascinated by these, these women. And there were lots of interesting aspects of these wives of Joseph Smith because they were in these secret, secret marriages with Joseph Smith. You know, and one of the challenges is trying to document who exactly were wives of Joseph Smith during his lifetime. Interesting. So, so, um, and in this case, you were actually able to see actual documents like in your in your scholarly pursuits before you're just seeing copies of things. Right. And in Greek and ancient and that kind of thing. Now you're seeing the actual documents. So right. yeah. how many how many of Smith's wives were you able to document? I I um, ended up with 33 wives that I felt could be really well documented. And then I had another little list of possible wives. And then I had another list of wives who had early proxy marriages to Joseph Smith. And um, so, you know, but there were these 33 that I concentrated on that I felt were really solid. And uh, I should mention that other historians have come since I did my book and they have, you know, maybe 35 wives, maybe 31 wives. Um, But, Hmm. you know, so that 33 is what I came up with. Yeah. So I, some listeners might be intrigued by the title, In Sacred Loneliness. Explain that. Um, as I began reading, as I say, I began just writing these really little biographies of these women. And then I began reading, you know, when I could find them, diaries or memoirs. They're wonderful. and. Um, so I, I, I got interested in the whole lives of each of these women, you know, like from birth to death. And a, a lot of them came to Utah and lived in, in plural families. And a number of them married Brigham Young. And um, a number of them married Heber C. Kimball and uh, other apostles. And so they were in these big, families. And so they, they're they really interesting case histories of what it's like to live in what I call practical polygamy. In Nauvoo, it was secret polygamy, you know, which I think was actual polygamy. There were marriage, uh, marriage ceremonies and so on, you know, but uh, it wasn't practical polygamy, living polygamy openly like in Utah. And um, so when I read these these diaries and memoirs of what life was like in in plural families in Utah. It was, I really, I found it was um, 
you know, the, the contrast with what we're used to with monogamy is really striking. And, you know, when you think about it, it's obvious. One man has limited financial resources, limited time. If he's married to 20 women, he's really got to divide himself up a lot and um, divide his resources. And so a lot of these women were struggling financially. and. Um, couldn't see their husband much. You know, it's just a, a real contrast to monogamy where we see our wives and husbands and children every day. And so I was struck by this paradox of polygamy was seen as very, very sacred, you know, necessary for the, um, you know, for the highest exaltation and salvation. And yet on the other hand, it was, the wives often very lonely and um it was a struggle um emily partridge left a very interesting um diary and she married brigham young and had large family with brigham young and she you know she just had a hard time getting brigham young to help her financially she you know if she wanted to talk to him she made a appointment you know, and sat in the office and waited for the appointment with Brigham Young. And, um, you know, which is it's not standard in my family. Like my wife doesn't need to make an appointment to, to see me. <laughs> um, so um, the, 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 that paradox is in that title. And I found this pattern repeated, you know, and it makes sense. If you think of what polygamy is, if you have 10 wives, you're just going to be divided if you're the husband. So Todd, what is polyandry? Um, polyandry is where one woman is married to two men at the same time. Polygyny is one man married to multiple women at the same time. And polyandry is, I use that to, to describe the marriages where Brigham, um, Joseph Smith married a woman who was already married to one man. So when I was starting my research, it was I found out this was going on in a number of the marriages where Joseph Smith was marrying women who were already married. So I was really interested in, in documenting it and finding out what, what was really going on here. And I found out that the women always stayed with what I call the first husband. Um, at the same time, they were married to Joseph Smith. How, what so, what percentage, yeah. how many of the 33 fall in that category? Um, uh, about a third. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. Uh, when you get the chronology, I found out that the first, like, 10 were polyandrous with a couple exceptions. And then after that, uh, Joseph Smith married single women and, you know, with a couple, again, exceptions. Um, so what I found out is the women in these polyandrous marriages always stayed with the first husband. They had children with the first husband and continued to live, live with him. In at the same time, they were married to Joseph Smith. How, how did Joseph Smith defend doing this? This, this was secret polygamy. And um, so he really didn't have to defend it except to maybe to the women themselves and to Emma 
or to the husbands. <laughs> you know, and it's very interesting. We we don't have a lot of documentation um, from especially from these first husbands. Um, but to the extent they knew about it, it must have been very, very difficult. And um, so and sometimes he married women who were married to non-members, but sometimes he married women who were married to good, active members of the church, like Orson Hyde, the apostle. And um, so some people disagree with the, the term polyandry because these were two different types of marriages. Like the marriage to Joseph Smith was a marriage um, uh, done religiously, you know, with implications for eternity. And the marriage to the first husband was a, a marriage, you know, which was a civil marriage. And um, so people thought, you know, ideologically, that is people, you know, some historians think ideologically that is not polyandry. You know, because if you look at it from the perspective of religion, the woman was only married to Joseph Smith. But, you know, I say it's polyandry if you realize that there are two different types of marriages at the same time. So were there some, quote, eternity only marriages among Joseph Smith's 33 plural, plural marriages? Um, some Some modern historians have have pursued the idea that all of these marriages to the, that I call polyandrous marriages, that the marriage to Joseph Smith was for eternity only. And I have not found evidence myself that, that supports this adequately, you know, that I think is convincing. So I don't believe there were eternity only marriages in um, Nauvoo. Um, how many women do you know of that were sealed to Joseph Smith by proxy after he died? Do we have any sense of those numbers? Hundreds? If you include all of Utah, it might be hundreds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> early. I'm more interested in the early proxy marriages. Sure. Be, because they're probably evidence for women who married Joseph Smith. You know, there were, you know, I don't know. 20, something like that, proxy marriages to Joseph Smith in the Nauvoo Temple. Let me ask you about something you read a lot uh, uh, about uh, a reported altercation between Emma Smith and Eliza R. Snow, um, one of Smith's best known plural wives, who later also married Brigham Young. What do you know of this altercation supposedly at the stairs? Um, well, here we have to, you know get into the um, methodology of history. Um, and uh, it, types of documents is something you face all the time as a historian. And so for you have late documents, you have late documents by anti-Mormons, you have, you know, more early documents, but they're by anti-Mormons also. And um, you have, memoirs and you have diaries, you know, and you have to deal with all of these documents um, carefully. And, um, and I, I use all of that. I use all of that stuff. I don't automatically say it's late. I don't use it. You know, I use it, but I realize it may, you know, like may, the memory might have 
the memory of the person who wrote it might have be a little hazy at that time and mm-hmm. so on and so on. Anyway, so um, this story, and, and I think this, the, the story is that Eliza R. Snow, uh, who had lived in, in the Smith home for a while, and a number of these poor wives of Joseph Smith did live in, in the Smith home for a while, kind of like as, as helpers, servants, nannies. And uh, but anyway, the story is that she was pregnant with Joseph Smith and got in an argument with Emma Smith. Emma Smith threw her down the stairs and then Eliza R. Snow, you know, lost lost the child. And so. The source for this is kind of late. um, Family history from the Lorenzo Snow side of the family. And um, we don't have anything contemporary that supports it. Um, So it's, you know, all you can do in that situation, when you have a late document, especially something that's controversial, you really try to get another source to back it up. And we haven't found anything to back Mm. it up so far. It's late, the family tradition, family traditions. Again, I don't automatically reject them, but they can kind of, um, they can be, you know, they can make mistakes in family traditions. So uh, Linda King Newell, who's the great living authority on Emma Smith, she wrote an article about this and she felt that the story was not reliable. Hmm. You know, and so I, I, I kind of go along with her at that point. You mm-hmm. know? On the other hand, I will wait, see if anything else comes up that supports it. So, mm-hmm. so there's no like... I guess a, a better source would be uh, someone wrote in their diary from that time that this happened. Right. right. <laughs> and that, yeah, we don't have anything like up. that. Okay. Right. No, but there's, you know, what do people put in their diaries? Would this be something they would put in their diary? You know, on Eliza R. Snow herself, she kept a diary in Nauvoo. And on the day where she later said that she married Joseph Smith, she writes about it. You know, this is a remarkable day, you know, and, you know, something special happened, but she isn't specific, you know. So if you just had the diary, you wouldn't have the full story. Hmm. So even diaries aren't perfect. But, yeah, there's nothing more contemporary to support that. Um, Emma throwing Eliza down this the stairs story. Okay, so how many teenage girls young teenage girls were in the 33. Um, and I don't have my data off the top of my, you know, here. Uh, so I'd have to just respond off the top of my head, but it was something like, um, you know, I would say maybe a third. A third were young teenage girls. Well, like, well teenage girls I'm thinking of. Okay. Like and, um, who's the youngest? Well, the youngest is Helen Marr Kimball, daughter of Heber C. Kimball and Philate Kimball. And so she married Joseph Smith when she was 14, getting, you know, I think three months away from 15. And um, later, after Joseph Smith's death, she married um, uh, Horace Whitney. Um, so she's known as Helen Marr Whitney often. Um, so uh, 
and again, I remember when I was, you know, working on the editorial process of this book, um, I, I was talking with one of my editors, Gary Bergera at Signature Books, and he was really interested in, you know, what I thought was going on as far as was their consummation. And, and I said, I don't think there's any good evidence for con consummation. I don't think there's evidence against consummation, you know, but my personal feeling is probably it wasn't consummate, you know, and I, I used the parallel from Utah history where sometimes a very young girl married in, into a family, an polygamous family. And then um, there was no sexual relations for a few years. And then when she was like 19 or something like that, then they, you know, she started to have kids. So, but that again, people want to know, you know, were, were there sexual relations in Joseph Smith's marriages? And often you don't have, you know, contemporary sources that, that, that tell you yes or no. You know, but my feeling is that marriages normally include include um, sexual relations, and um, so the burden is on the person who who wants to say there were no sexual relations to explain why, you know, and document it somehow. Um, but for for that marriage, you know, my personal view is that there were there was not a consummation at that time. So some people have used that marriage and, and I guess a, a few other younger ones to say that Joseph Smith was a pedophile. Do, do you see him that way? No, I don't see him that way. Um, Why not? Um, I, I think that marrying a 14 year old was not a wise thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And I know um, Brian Hales, who wrote a, a big book about Joseph Smith's polygamy. I just heard him give a talk and he said, you know, and he's very, you know, kind of defends Joseph Smith and um, on the whole, but he said, if, if I were allowed to go back and just whisper in Joseph's ear, you know, like five things, you know, that I would advise him not to do. And one of them he said is marrying these very young, girls okay and um the you know it would be fun if we had more time to talk about the whole story of, of helen marr and it was very very difficult for her. and joseph smith said if you you know enter into this marriage it will mean your eternal salvation and the salvation of all your family and helen marr says to to um obtain that great goal i accepted the marriage and her father wanted the marriage because it would tie the Kimball family with Joseph Smith family. You know, and I think that was one of the main motivations for, for the marriage, but it was very difficult for Helen Mar Whitney because she, I, I think she at this point was really emotionally attached to the man. She married Horace Whitney and she didn't understand that this was a real marriage that would require her to, you know, marry Joseph Smith and live with Joseph Smith and have kids later, later on. And when she found out 
that it was a real marriage. It was, again, it was very difficult for her. So even though I myself just, as a guess, I don't believe it was consummated. I do think it was a very, very difficult marriage for her. And, uh, you know, as Brian Hale says, I think it was unwise of Joseph Smith to marry someone that young. So, Todd, there are, I assume that there, there are documents that you've been able to document that Joseph Smith did have sex with some of these plural wives, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, like how many? Do you have, is there any is there any idea of how many and and did any children ever result? That's always a question people have. Okay. Um, again, here's issue of evidence, and um, you know, and as I say, I put the burden on people to say to document that there were no sexual relations. You expect in a marriage that there would be sexual relations. Okay. However, that became an issue. Later in Utah, when the RLDS um, church was sending missionaries and the RLDS church rejected the idea that Joseph Smith was a polygamist. Mm -hmm. And um, so they sent missionaries out to Utah and these were sons, often sons of Joseph Smith. And they were saying um, that Joseph Smith wasn't a polygamist and that, oh, well, maybe sometimes he had these um marriages but they they weren't real marriages they you know there were no kids in you know as a um result of these marriages and so the art the mormon church felt that they had to document that there were some children and so there were some affidavits that they got that there were children and some of the plural wives of Joseph Smith testified in the Temple Lot trial, which in which um, our LDS church was involved and we were involved and the Temple Lot church was involved. And so we felt like we had to document that there were sexual relations and so that some of the wives of Joseph Smith who were still alive documented and they said, yes, I, you know, there were attorneys who were talking to them and the attorneys were asking these questions. And so they said, yes, we had sexual relations with Joseph Smith, not in those words, but, um, so, you know, the Mormon church felt that they had to give some kind of documentation. So, and this isn't all 33, you know, many of them had died by this time. It isn't all 33 doing a, uh, um, affidavit saying that they had had relations with Joseph Smith, but mm. some said they had. So we do have some documentation. And one of the, one of the polyandrous wives told her daughter on her death, on the, why her name Sylvia Sessions on her deathbed, she told her daughter, Josephine, that she, Josephine was a daughter of Joseph Smith. And, um, so, while we don't have 33 affidavits, we do have some uh, of the women who said there were sexual relations, which makes us realize that, you know, it's a possibility for any of the wives. However, this 
Nauvoo polygamy, as I said, was secret polygamy. And Joseph Smith was not living in the same home with these wives. He was not having frequent sexual relations with these wives. And Emma was not sympathetic to his wife, was not sympathetic to polygamy. And so as a result of all these things, um, he, he did not have many plural wives, I mean, uh, children. Uh, however, uh, one, Mary Elizabeth Rollins-Leitner said that she knew like three or four of Joseph Smith's children who grew up under other names. So that's a very quick overview of, of you know, what's going on with, with children for Joseph Smith's plural wives. So what was the impact of your book, your, the first one? Um, well, it's, it's continued to sell down through the years. And um, so it, it isn't selling like the Harry Potter books, but it, <laughs> Nothing it, continues, is. You know, it continues to have a, a, a readership. And I kind of think that the, the, the writings of the women are responsible for that. Cause I, I, quoted a lot from these women and they, they left wonderful documents, wonderful diaries and memoirs. And, um, you know, and here we're coming into my new book also, because in the new book, you have the voice of these women, like in the purity, you know, like I'm not telling the story in the background, but in the first book, there's, there's a lot of, you know, the, the women talking for themselves. And I think their voice really came through. And it, it's a fascinating subject, Joseph Smith's um, polygamy in Nauvoo. But also, I, I think um, the writings of these women, how moving they were and how um, came through with my book. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it's continued to have, have a readership. So why did you include only 22 in this new volume, which is uh, largely, yeah. largely documents, right? Right. Okay. So here's how I came to write the new volume uh, is that uh, my friend, Joe Geisner asked me to write an article about how I wrote the first book for a book he edited called Writing Mormon History. And as I was looking through my notes for, you know, like primary sources, like, like letters I'd written and things people had written me while I was doing research and editing the book, uh, I came across a whole lot of documents that I had transcribed written by these women. And back when I did my research, uh, which was like 1995 or something, uh, the Internet was in its infancy and now many of primary documents in Mormon history, you can get online and, and download them and read them at your le leisure, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, but back then you couldn't do that. You just had to go to the, to the reading room, the library archive and just 
type out the document yourself, uh, which was was fascinating. It was fun to do, but it took a lot of time. So that's the reason I had a lot of these documents. So I, as I was writing this article for Joe Geisner, I found a lot of these documents that I'd transcribed and I thought, you know, this would make these documents should be published. This would make a really good book, you know, and we have like the memoir autobiography of Mary Elizabeth Rollins Leitner. Uh, wonderful. She, she has this great voice when she's telling the stories of her life. And um, then you have the, you know, the diaries of Emily Partridge Young talking about life and polygamy in the, in the Young family in, in Salt Lake. And you had, I found lots of letters that were wonderful. I found letters by uh, a woman named Louisa Beeman Smith Young. And uh, she took that same route, married Joseph Smith, then married Brigham Young. And she had five children with Brigham Young, and all of them died. And then she died. Uh, a few years after the last child died, she died in Salt Lake City of breast cancer. Um, but I found a letter that she wrote after the death of the final two children she had. And it was quite soon after she crossed the plains and came to Utah. And it, it's this beautiful letter, wonderful letter. And um, so a lot of these documents, I'm really thrilled to, to get them out where people can access, access. You know, and in the first book, I had really generous quotes from them, but it's great to read the whole document. Mm. You know, like for the Louisa Beeman letter, she tells about the death of her children, which is really um, an emotional and moving part. But then she tells about what life was like in early Salt Lake City, you know, and then as a historian, it was fascinating to me and talking about, you know, 49ers coming through Utah and, and things like that. So only, so, only 22 though. Oh, 22. I, I only selected writings of the women themselves for the second book. Okay. Okay. okay so Todd, how many of the women in the 33 documented wives of Joseph Smith wrote favorably about their relationship with Joseph Smith and how many wrote critically? I, I, you know, it's hard to, to answer that numerically, but uh, I, when I think about some of the women who wrote about Joseph Smith, the one, one who stands out for me is Emily Partridge Young. And she had a difficult experience being married to, to Joseph Smith. And um, she and her sister were living in, in the house with Emma and Joseph Smith. And, and um, after they married Joseph Smith, with even though Emma knew about it and had actually selected them, um, she, Emma required that Joseph Smith kick them out of the house. And Joseph Smith went along with it. And Emily Partridge always resented that. And um, it was, you know, like, you've, here you've married me, and now you're just immediately kicking me out of the house kind of thing. And so in her writings, that, that comes through when she tells that story. 
you know, but on the other hand, she was a good member of the church and, and viewed Joseph Smith as a prophet. And so it, it's this difficult situation of, you know, seeing Joseph Smith as a prophet and as a husband who you're disappointed. So some of the women had these mixed views of Joseph Smith. Um, I think, uh, and not many actually wrote memoirs like that. Okay. Um, so, and, and then Emily Partridge, she was very forgiving, you know, a loving person. And so, you know, she was forgiving toward Emma and forgiving toward Joseph. But it's definitely a mixed message. And I, a lot of the women who we can document came to Utah, were good members of the church, and um, viewed Joseph Smith as a, as a prophet. Okay. Hmm. So, but another, you know, another really mixed message with a woman married to a prophet is Emily Partridge uh, married to Brigham Young. And when we have her diary, it's so well documented and how difficult it was for her to live in that large, large family. He married like 56 women, though a number of them separated from, from Brigham Young. So Todd, the last question after, after all your research and what's your assessment of Smith's motivation for plural marriage? Was it, was it based on theology or, or as he claimed, or was it for a more earthy reason? Yeah, I, I think it was um, very biblical. He was very, you know, he loved the Old Testament and so much, you know, and he was very into restoring all these things from, from the Bible. And uh, especially Old Testament, like prophets and temples. And so I think he was very close to, to Abraham as a prophet and Abraham was uh, a polygamist. So I think it definitely is, you know, it was theologically driven. You know, at the same time, he, you know, they were real marriages and um, there were problems with them often. And as I've kind of mentioned, there are more, you know, there's a more likelihood of problems, I think, with a polygamous marriage than for a monogamous marriage. So. so, uh, let's see, what was your original question? Well, just, I think you've answered that the motivation, the, okay. the, it was oh, very motivation. theologically right. based. Yes. Uh-huh. So, uh, but um, you have all these interesting motivations like connect prominent families, you know, the Kimball family and the Smith family, which I call dynastic. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, I believe in any marriage, the, the, um, the, the physical sexual relationship should be there also. So I'm not saying it wasn't there. Well, the name of the books, again, are In Sacred Loneliness, The Plural Wise of Joseph Smith. That was the 1997 uh, volume. And the latest volume, just out, In Sacred Loneliness, The Documents. Todd Copton, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And, and thanks to Peggy Fletcher staff. Always a pleasure. And to, <laughs> and to our producer, Chris Samuels. We remind our listeners that they can keep up on all the happenings in and about the church by subscribing to the Salt Lake Tribune's free Mormon Land newsletter. Just go to sltrib.com to sign up. 
And we'll talk again next time on Mormon Land. <laughs>